It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. So hello and welcome back to Charlton Live. Happy New Year. This is our first show of 2023 and it is the big match preview. My name is uh, Louis Mendes and joining me on this week's show as we will, we'll try and catch up with everything that's happened over the Christmas break and of course look ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Lincoln. First up is the uh, Welshie Wallin. How's, how's it going Mr Tom Wallin? Yeah all good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Did you have a good a good break? Yeah, I only had to watch Charlton once, I think, over that time, so that wasn't too bad. I'll take that. Yeah. Wasn't the Portsmouth game, sadly, no, but uh, no. a little That's draw insane. on Boxing Day, which, you know, no. better than another, better than loss. Another point on the board, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah so, uh, exactly. Exactly. Well, also joining us uh, to uh, discuss all those things is uh, Mr. Nathan Mother, the man who coined the phrase, another point on the board. We didn't really. I mean, that's been about for donkey's years, really, hasn't it, Nathan? Well, just like me, I suppose, but yeah, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you were supposed to laugh at me. Um, yeah, no, yes, uh, another point on the board, as I say, it's just well, it's nice to win. Like, I chose to go to another game, which was rubbish, uh, but Charlton won, which is a good thing. Um, but yeah, no, a lot, it feels like it's been ages, but yeah, as Tom said, Happy New Year to you and Tom and everyone listening. Oh yeah, I can feel, I can feel the enthusiasm uh, as we enter this new this, this new year to watch more Charlton Athletic Football Club. Wait, look, there's plenty to look forward to. You know, we've got the Man United game is uh, is just a few days away. Uh, we've got that home clash with Lincoln coming up as well. The transfer windows open. Uh, potentially new owners to talk about. Yeah, that, all sorts of stuff to to try and get our head around. And we will do that uh, on this week's show. We'll chat about, like I say, what what's happened over the last few weeks. Try and get our head around what we know and uh, and more so what we don't know uh, at this moment in time. We're going to hear. A of course, from the new boss, Dean Holden. Uh, I've spoken to him a couple of times now after games. We'll have a little chat about some of the games that we have missed uh, over the last few weeks. We will concentrate in particular uh, on our last outing, that win at Portsmouth um, back on New Year's Day. We've got the uh, the goals from that and, and the post-match interviews with Holden. Uh, and with the new skipper, and um, George Dobson, of course, we've got Lois Roach from the women's team. And we're going to hear from Conor McGrandles as well, who I'm sure you probably forgot plays for us, but he does. Uh, he turned out for the under-21s today, so a little update on him and his fitness. Uh, and as I said, we'll look ahead to the game with the Imps uh, coming up this Saturday as the Addicts go in search of a back-to-back wins uh, for the first time since October uh, as well. So, I mean, first of all then, so it's been a couple of weeks since we were last on. The last time we did sort of a, an emergency show and, uh, well, we did a Twitter space, wasn't it, for the EFL quarter-final draw uh, where we found out we're going to be playing Man United, which was a, a, a real fillip for, for everyone who's been watching quite a lot of dross uh, so far this season. Something really uh, to look forward to. Um, so in that time, I think Dean Holden had just come in just before then, hadn't he? So we, we knew that Dean was about. We haven't really delved into his appointment. Um, there's also all this confusion about potential takeover investment. Who knows what you want to call it going on in the background, Tom. Um <sighs> None of us on here are going to claim to have the inside track on what's going on. You know, we, we, we've heard from Richard Corley, Rick Everett, people like that, um, trying to sort of 
piece together what we think might be happening. We got the photo that I tweeted at, at Fratton Park on New Year's Day of Charlie Mevan in the crowd, the former executive director at Sunderland, you know, star of Sunderland till I die. Um, the story seems to be now that he is, uh, well, him and his, I don't know what you'd call it, consortium in, in some sort of uh, period of exclusivity with, with Thomas Sangard over a sale of the club. That was the latest reported by Rick Everett. Um, Simon Lenegun, a name that was linked with that group of former Oxford director. Um, I think his dad was a former owner at the, at, at the U's. Um, he was at the Kassam Stadium, uh, although we didn't get a picture. Of, well, we did have a picture of him there, but it, was, it seemed fairly pointless linking him to Charlton when he was just at the Kassam Stadium because the, the, out, the outball there would be, oh, he's an Oxford fan. Um, so we will go for the fact that he was also at Fratton Park. So we got his photo. I mean, even Stuart Donald or Donald Stewart, whatever his name is, the former Sunderland bloke, was, I believe, certain, certainly at the Oxford game. I've seen suggestions he was at both games as well. Um, so that seems to be where we are. Charlie Mevan trying to get some sort of consortium together to put money into the club, probably to buy it off Thomas Sangard, possibly to keep Thomas in the background. I mean, it's, it's really confusing, Tom. We've been through this time and time again. Um, I don't know anyone who's really coming into this with, uh, I don't know, expectations that th- these are going to be the, the, the people to turn the club around and fire us back to the promised land. It's, um, yeah, it's confusing. I don't know what you've made of the whole thing over the last few weeks, Tom. Yeah, equally, equally confusing uh, and concerning as well. And I'm not going to try and, and speculate because that's all I'd be doing. People like Rich and, and Rick know far more than me, uh, I suspect. And, I think when I kind of think about it, there's there's a few strands going on here. Firstly, I support Charlton because I like football, not because I care about any of this ownership stuff and the fact that we've spent probably in my time on Charlton Live talking almost as much about ownership as the football says a lot about the state of this club over the past five or six years. Um, I think in terms of, of what is going on, as I say, I, I don't know enough to, to say, but I think there are things that, all of us probably agree on which is there is a risk that this could disrupt any business in January it looks like they were trying to get get stuff done so that we can bring bodies in and I think the thing we can all agree on is we need a successful January um, whatever that looks like and whoever is in charge so I think that's point one I think point two is that that Thomas clearly has lost interest hunger desire whatever it is in, in putting money into Charlton. Now, we know he was making a loss. Uh, and from a business perspective, it's probably reasonable that he doesn't want to make a loss anymore. But we've discussed the break-even model. And ultimately, if we're going to make any progress as a football club, that isn't going to work. So that's point two. Uh, and point three, I think, is is if this is a new ownership or a new dawn or a new investment or whatever, the key concern for me is, one, that they show progression, that they want to develop the football inside, and two, that the training ground and the valley are brought back under one roof alongside with the club. And it, it doesn't sound like the finances are there for that to happen. And if that's the case, then I, as you've just said, I don't really see how this change of ownership makes any difference. As you say, we all know enough about Charlie from, from the Sunderland till I die. Obviously that's, that's made out as a, an entertainment show. So there's going to be elements of that that you take with a pinch of salt, but you read enough and you hear enough about Sunderland fans about his time there that that's slightly concerning as well. And then if he is representing a consortium, who are they and do we know enough about them? So the mystery around it makes me uncomfortable as well. So, yeah, a very unsettling time off the pitch, but nothing that we're not used to as fans. Um, and as I say, ultimately, I think everybody who is on this show and listens to this show and supports the club 
wants a successful football team and doesn't really care how that gets done and all of this this circus around it sadly is is once again drawing focus from the team which is a shame but um yeah as i say i i don't know enough about it to expand on that but that's kind of my feeling about the the situation going on at the moment it will be interesting, as Tom says. There, I mean, there's loads of little things we can try and discuss on this because I don't, I don't really know anything about about how they plan to make this work. But if if these four these four people who've been bought in, obviously the, the, the new manager Dean Holden, we've got the finance guy who uh, there's there's all sorts of ties between him and, and Charlie Mevin before they've even started this company now, um, and and there's a lot of uh, confusion about what his his role will actually turn out to be. Um, uh, you, you've you've got Jim Rob Wales also at um, at Sunderland as part of the uh, the I don't know the, the senior management team there uh, during uh, and again I mean you speak to some people in football and they don't they don't say good things about some of these people that's a problem obviously and then you got Andy Scott who this is the, the really confusing part has only got a six week deal but he's come out of, of working at some pretty big clubs in 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 roles that would sort of be to do with recruitment so I mean if they are, if they have been bought in to try and speed up some sort of January transfer plan. I mean, that's, there's all sorts of confusion as to where the money comes from. I just, I just don't understand how this works because Thomas still owns the club at this moment in time and he's made it clear he doesn't want to spend money. So has he changed his mind? Is he doing it on the promise that someone will buy the club if he gets it into a certain position in January? I mean, it's, uh, how have you seen it now? Do, 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 you, do you hold any hope? I mean, concern? Which way do you think it goes? It just gives me a date, mate. The whole thing just gives me a headache. Like, I think that if we strip it all back, I think the main things that people are thinking about is, like, right, well, one, have we got any money to spend to buy some players because we need them? And secondly, is there any hidden agendas? That's, well, that's what I think anyway. Um, I've looked at, you know, I've looked at all the the, the, the rumours and, and the hearsay and all that jazz of people flipping the club and spinning the club and whatever else you want to terminology you want to call it um but the, the, the main ones for me is like you say mate you, all this time thomas was banging on about don't need co don't need this um break even this you know we don't need that and then literally with a, a drop of a hat it changes you know he comes out and says oh we're going to make some appointments and you go okay fine let's say you had a sudden change of heart who, who knows let's say the trust charter scared him off i don't know but like you say, who's paying for it? You know, it must be him. But then why is he doing that? Because these, these chaps he bought in ain't going to be cheap. They ain't going to be on, you know, 15 grand a year. So I just find it all a bit weird. And, you know, as Ed Warwick, whoever this guy is, I mean, what's what's he doing there? You know, it's just, there's so many questions that I can't get my head around. And I tried looking at it and tried figuring out and second-guessing what the hidden agenda was, and I can't. Like I, I just can't. So it's got to a point now, mate, where I'm going to just sit back, see what happens in this window, because it was... Imagine, imagine, right, this Andy Scott's been brought in for six weeks. Imagine if he comes here for six weeks and we have the same sort of, same sort of transfer window that we did when we had Matt Southall. It would make... A mockery. So I'm sitting there thinking, right, he's going to have to bring players in. He's going to. Otherwise, why would you pay him? Because he ain't going to be cheap coming from Forest and whatnot. And to be fair, he's a football person. And Rod Well was at, what, Scunthorpe and Boston, I think it was, and Sunderland. And he didn't get many rave reviews. But, you know, I don't know the guy. But um, it's just all a bit weird. 
do you know, and it's just all a bit hush hush. Mm. Um, I think we've all just got to sit back and just try and, in, well, I would say enjoy the football, but can't even do that at the moment, really, consistently. So we've just got to wait and see what happens. But I can understand a lot of scrutiny on, on, on how it is. And everyone's going to be a lot more apprehensive, whoever comes in. And considering what we've had in recent years, you're going to start be a bit, you know, I'm not going to give them a standing ovation or anything like Southall did. Uh, Southall, <laughs> that would be better. Um, Soundguard and whatnot. So I think, I don't really know, mate. And I think that's the thing with everyone is just the thought of not knowing what's happening, especially going into a transfer window. Yeah, it's it's so, so confusing. I mean, some of the suggestions out there are that, you know, Mevin is, is uh, scurrying around trying to get a consortium or, or, or people to, investors to, get get a bid or, or certain money around and there's there's like a some sort of brochure out in the states that rick has been talking about where they've been trying to encourage people to come on board whilst also talking about you know the potential to cost cut in the short term but you know people look at that as well does that mean cost cutting the academy you know if, if what they're planning on doing is simply coming in seeing if they can get into the championship but on the cheap and therefore cost cutting other parts of the club I mean, it might work. It might do something in the short term, and then give them a little, a little bonus if they could sell the club on in the championship. But also, does that not de- is that not detrimental to the the long term running of the club if we lose an academy that that's been good to us? That sort of stuff. I mean, it's, it's really confusing, really concerning, um, and we don't really know what to make of it as well. But that, that's what we know so far. Now, obviously, you mentioned there, Nathan, about the. The, the transfer window. I've been mean, uh, again. I still don't really understand this how it's going to work. So I have asked Dean Holden a couple of times now about the transfer window after the Oxford game. I asked him if he knew there was going to be money available, and and again he does. He doesn't get drawn into this. He, he just said, um, you know, we will be active in this transfer window. So I asked a, a completely different question at Bournemouth uh, at, uh, at Portsmouth um, about what we thought. Um, the the the, the oh, yeah the shape of the of the transfer window will will look like. Are we going to be doing business early? Are we likely to do it late? Let's have a listen to what Dean Holden said when I asked him that question. Yeah. Uh, win- windows open now is the best thing about January the first. Of course, I mean, are you expecting to do business early? Do you see the business being later on in the window? How do you see it you going? Keep pushing me, don't you? And I keep <laughs> saying the same thing, which is that I can't put a time frame and or a number of players that we want to bring in. I'd love to, purely because. It doesn't happen like that. We, you could have a phone call with a player tonight, his agent agrees everything, we get the deal done and all of a sudden something happens, something changes and it could take a week longer than it should do. And that's happened too many times in my career as a player and as a manager, so not prepared to put a time limit on it, but we're certainly looking to be active and we want to come out of this window with a, a better squad than what we've gone into it with. Yeah, are you linked with, with Shane Ferguson? Is that one you can rule out? Or I'm not going to speak yeah. about individual players and I think you'd, I think you'd respect that. Um, there's no way I'm going to speak about other players from other clubs. I'm just focusing on, on the players that we've got to us. They've, done a, they've, they've had a good day today. It's, it's a good day for Charlton Athletic today. We've got to make sure that tomorrow and the next day and the next day are good ones as well. So there we go, giving very, very little away Dean Holden, uh, particularly when I asked him specifically about Shane Ferguson. So I think you know Richard's asked Dean further questions in, in, in a little chat earlier today about transfer windows. And ba- basically what we've learned is Dean is going to give away nothing. Uh, he's not going to say if he thinks we'll be doing business early or late. He's not going to speak about specific names that we've heard of, which to be fair, is that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, we've we've had problems with uh, certainly the owner speaking about other teams' players at times this season, which I don't think is is particularly professional. And 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 hoping that things are going to happen that haven't, which again comes back to bite you in the backside. So. No, no, cons- n- not too concerned about the fact that the manager's not going to come out and say stuff when he doesn't want to, Tom. But it, it does just leave a guessing. Like, what on earth are we actually doing this January? I, I get it is painful, but we might have to wait 
the full 30 days or, or 31 days to find out what's actually going to happen. Yeah, and the longer it goes on, the more desperate we get and the more expensive players get. And as Nave said, we've been in that situation several times before. Uh, and as I said previously, we need a good transfer window. We, you know, it's no secret we need a striker. Um, we probably need a, a wide man at least. Uh, and we need some defenders. I think probably central midfield is and goalkeeper are probably the only positions I feel relatively comfortable. And yeah, it, it's worrying because, you know, I think, there was a lot of fear, particularly in the run-up to Christmas, about relegation, and and it's still a, a very, very potent, uh, sort of high possibility. But I do feel like the performances against maybe lesser Oxford, but Peterborough and Portsmouth showed that we've got the ability to get out of that. But at the same time, I don't think that was ever in question that we had the ability. It's the it's the desire and it's the attitude that seems to be lacking at times. So. Look, Dean's a good manager from from the little I know about him. There are some some good players in that squad, but ultimately it needs strengthening strengthening, and it needs uh, more strength in depth for us to, to steer away from that relegation zone. And sadly, the reality is solidify ourselves in League One for yet another season, and that's probably all we can hope for. And, and to do that, we do need transfers. I think if we get to 31st of January or 1st of Feb and, and we haven't brought anybody in or we've we've made a couple of loan signings, we could potentially be bang in trouble again because it only takes a couple of bad results for for us to get drawn back down towards the, the bottom three or four. So, yeah, it's similar to our answer about the ownership, really. It's it's confusing, it's, it's concerning, and we're not getting a lot of clarity. And as you say, there's only so much that they have to say. But as fans, I go back to what I said previously, all we want is not even... We do want success on the pitch. We want a team that represents us and we want a team that's trying and we want a team that is capable of winning games and we haven't seen that enough for probably since that Bowyer side that got us up into the championship and yeah we're just all tired of it a bit like Nave said I've given up on reading Twitter and reading forums and even our whatsapps when stuff comes up like in the in the chats like I'm just sick of it all now I'm not I'm not interested enough in that side of it because that's not why I became a Charlton fan and when it happens every now and again, it's all right. But when every single week of your life as a Charlton fan, you're dealing with something in the ownership, like it, it's just exhausting and, and it's not fair on us. And uh, yeah, like I say, this, this January is huge and, and we need to get it right. And, and there's nothing in all of that that gives me confidence that that's going to happen. It might, but I wouldn't say I'm particularly confident at this stage. Mm. I mean, one chance that we do know is, has happened already. Jake Forster Kasky has left the club. Um, yeah, sad to see him go. He, he, he hasn't been getting into the team consistently this season, you know, after coming back from injury, Nath. It's probably no surprise that he's moved on. Uh, he's gone down to League Two as well, which I think some found surprising again. But, you, you know, you, players do have to, uh, you know, they'll assess the options that are open to them. So either there wasn't much available to him in League One or he decided it wasn't worth it and decided to stay home. But I think if there was a, a League One club that offered him enough, I'm sure he would have gone there. So it seems... Seems like he's had he's had to step down the league. Um, I mean, first of all, sad to see him go. I guess Nath overall he's been a a good servant to the club. Yeah, of course he has. I've I've always, I've always said that I, I like Jake. I like him as a player, and obviously when we've spoken to him at Player of the Year and stuff, he seems like a nice chap. And um, for League One, he's definitely he's in my opinion he's not a League Two player. But as you say, if if there were any rumours or if there was any interest rather um, in Jake from League One clubs. It probably would have been a bit samey, whereas you know he's he's come back from his injury. He needs minutes, and League One clubs are probably saying to him, "Yeah, you, you you'll be in and around the squad. You'll get some minutes here and there." Yeah. 
but he doesn't need that. He's probably got been given um, assurance, I would imagine, by Stevens that he'd be playing quite a lot of games, and maybe not every game because he's minutes and whatnot, whatever. But um, yeah, I think he's 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 a lot better than League Two. But as sometimes as as players, and well, I suppose in anyone's career, in, in all our careers, sometimes you might need to take a step back to go forward. And um, I said on Twitter, you know, when he released his statement, just a touch of class, you know, like the statement itself was classy. And um, yeah, yeah, he's a good player. Got to see him go, but you can understand it. He wasn't getting in. There probably been some games this year I thought he could have done a job, um, especially early on when Fraser was working through his fitness and stuff like that. Um, He's done a lot more than McGrandall's, hasn't he? So, um, but yeah, at this point, it's him go. We've got an exclusive interview with him coming up. I, I mean, <laughs> I just just thought that. But no, listen, like, I'm, I'm glad to see him go, but but because he's a nice chap. But it, it's football, and just wish him well for in in his next step. And hopefully, it will see him soon. Yeah, hopefully. Right, one massive, massive thing to look forward to, of course, is the fact that we're heading up to Manchester United in the quarterfinals of the EFL Cup uh, on Tuesday uh, evening. Now, the tickets have been flying out the door. So we've done 7,000 already, um, and there was another 2,000 or so. Yeah, 7,400 have gone. Another 2,000 or so that went on sale today, 2 o'clock on on the Thursday. Uh, I don't think they've sold out as of yet at sort of six o'clock on, on Thursday evening, but I haven't seen a message to suggest they have, but I'm sure they'll be, they'll be pretty close by the time that you hear this pod. Um, uh, the, the excitement, I mean, it has taken over the last couple of days, Tom, which is actually not, again, it's been nice. This whole cup run has been a nice distraction all season, but a game like this, this generally feels like a once every 10, 20 years sort of outcome for us now. Like we, I've, I've never seen us play, Man United away, you know. I never, I never managed to get up there during the Premier League days. Obviously, I saw him at home all the time. But um, th- th- this is whatever happens. This has got all the makings of a special night, and um, yeah, I, I just cannot wait to be up there in in, in amongst nearly nine thousand Charlton fans who've uh, or over nine thousand Charlton fans who would have made the trip up on a Tuesday evening. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Yeah, I I never saw them at all. I've never seen Man United play play Charlton. So yeah, for me again, yeah. Uh, just a, a special special evening and I saw someone after the Oxford game say is, is there ever a more irrelevant game than that Man United one and obviously that was coming off the back of a tough defeat and I understand why they said it but for me it's the total op- opposite as I've said already on this show a couple of times we're in we're in football to 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 go and, w- and watch our team play and when you get the opportunity to see them play one of the biggest teams in the world I'm not going to say best at the moment but certainly one of the biggest and certainly significantly better than us on paper then yeah, it's such an exciting opportunity. And I remember when we were in League One and we took 7,000 to, to Fulham, who I think were a Premier League club at the time, but obviously nowhere near the stature of Man United and, and obviously still in the capital. And the the noise we generated that day and the atmosphere, even though we got, got battered, was incredible. And yeah, there's going to be so many people going up there for the first time or for the first time in, in a long time. And it's just a fantastic opportunity f- for us all and, and give us all a lift. You know, we're not going there expecting to win. So it's a bit of a free hit. Uh, it's an opportunity for those players as well. It's an opportunity for us to experience, you know, the theatre of dreams and to see us play there. And it's what this season's all about. And like I say, at the moment in the league, we're we're basically playing for survival or for mid-table obscurity. So to have a day like this, at least at the end of the season, when we're doing our wrap-up show, you know, there'll be 9,000 of us who can say we were at Old Trafford and 
it's yeah just a, a brilliant opportunity to do that I, I wish we were doing better in the league I wish we were pu- pushing for the top two and we could be sitting here saying do you know what this is inconvenient and, and maybe how do we play this but you know what that's where we are in the league so why not just go up there give it a go and, and yeah the team's going to be backed by a lot of Charlton fans which is going to be just exciting to see yeah it's going to be really special of course now with the postal strikes and all, and all sorts and the sort of um, the, the short notice of, of the tickets coming out and being sold and that, the, the club are really eager uh, to get as many people down who have to collect it as possible on the Friday. So if you can say, if, you, if you've collected, if you're one of the initial 7,403 uh, tickets allocation, you can collect from the Valley on Friday uh, from the ticket office between 11 and 5 uh, or on Saturday for the Lincoln game between 10.30 in the morning and 2.30 uh, before kickoff and then five until six after the game and also on Monday again between 11 and five uh, on the Monday it's back at the West End ticket office now on the Saturday there's going to be mobile units in the car park uh, at uh, at the Valley as well so you see those so that's if you're one of the extra 2,000 uh, so if you bought your ticket either Thursday um, or, or onwards then you can collect on the Saturday only after the game between five and six or on the Monday uh, between 11 and 5 as well. Um, so I think the club are eager to get as many people down there as, as possible on the Friday, just because it's going to be chaos, as I'm sure you can imagine on the Saturday, possibly the Monday as well, because that'll be the last chance. If you've um, asked for tickets to be posted out, um, you can, um, you, if you don't receive them, you can email the club tickets at cfc.co.uk uh, with the subject line urgent duplicate Man United tickets required. Uh, and put your booking reference and your fan ID in the email as well. If you're going to collect, you need that booking reference uh, with you, which is on your email, apparently. Um, so, yeah, just make sure you look at the club website for all this information. But like I say, the club are really eager for as many people as possible to collect outside of the Saturday, so preferably the Friday. That's what you're doing, Nathan, isn't it? because you, you don't want to take any chances with this because you, you, don't want it, you don't want it to be chaotic and you don't want to miss out on, on the ticket you bought. Nope, I am literally taking my tent and sleeping bag after we finish this pod to sleep outside the valley. So if anyone's got any bovril or anything like that, but um, no, I'm going tomorrow. I don't, know, I don't actually know what time. I don't, I'm undecided where I'm going to make. I might just leave it around lunchtime. But um, yeah, give it. I mean, I'm looking at my email now, and I'm pretty sure you've got. Uh, yes, yeah, looks like a transaction ID. I think that's what they're asking. But yeah, it'll, it'll all be on the. Um, email anyway but yeah because I think Saturday is going to be pretty hectic especially with the train strikes and whatnot. Mm. so yeah no it's going to be exciting um, yeah I, I mean we could, as long as I'm going to expect a similar game to the Brian we're probably going to give up possession understandably we're not going to pass Man United off the pitch um, and hopefully we can get a nice little set piece or even go to penalties although I don't know if I could do penalties again <laughs> to be honest well, it turns out we're really good at penalties <laughs> so I'll I, I just leave it to it then I'll just sit Sit 12 men behind the ball, chuck someone else on as well. Sit back there for 90 minutes, all, all of them lined up on the goal line. Uh, and then uh, at full time, just win the penalty shootout into the semi-finals for the first time ever. Right, let's. I mean, we'll have a quick chat at some of the games we've missed over this Christmas break. I mean, uh, we, we should probably sort of uh, glaze over the fact that the, the Peterborough game on, on Boxing Day was a bit dull. Was it one all draw? Um, yeah. I honestly can't be bothered to talk about that. The Oxford game was a real eye-opener because we were dreadful, particularly in the first half, came back into it. Um, that, that left me a, a little bit concerned. Then we got into the Portsmouth game and we'll hear the goals in a few seconds, Tom, but that, that's just given us some hope that sometimes we can play all right. <laughs> yeah, the only problem being that we always beat them there, don't we? So, uh, yeah, it's, it's frustrating that, I mean, obviously it's delighting it's happened again, but 
how much do you read into it given that we seem to beat them every single time but uh yeah uh, and that's what i said a little bit earlier you know like we've been on a bad run of form and you know we were talking on this show a lot in december about the potential relegation and as i say that hasn't gone away but i think that performance has shown shown that what we're capable of and dean's now had a couple of games to to get his feet under the under the desk i don't know if that's the phrase as a manager get his feet in the dugout maybe um and yeah, we're starting to see a, a slight difference. And we did start to see it at the Peterborough game. As you say, it was a little bit dull, but it seems to be a bit more of a, a direct nature to the way we're playing football. Obviously, Miles is back. Uh, and I think provided we can keep hold of him through January, then I, I think that's obviously a, a huge asset and an advantage to us. Um, so yeah, a lot, lot better. He obviously reverted from the, the weird Oxford lineup and got the likes of Jez and and Corey back in the side, and, and that had an impact as well. We'd been talking, I think, it, I don't know if it was on the, the little pod that you did or the, the quiz that you did before Christmas about Fraser and, and his end product, and obviously he was back on the score sheet. So, yeah, lots and lots of positives. But having said that, it's only one game, and we need to back that up now. Um, you know, Man United game, obviously, is going to be a, no problem for us. But, you know, we've got Lincoln, we've got Barnsley, we've got Bolton and, and Peterborough, I think. So a busy, busy January. Um, and we're going to need to back that up with more wins now. But yeah, delighted that we've started the year off on a positive and And hopefully Dean can, I think he was pleased that he's going to get his first full week this week with the team. So hopefully we can carry that momentum into the Lincoln game this weekend. Yeah, certainly hoping for that. Well, let's have a listen then uh, back to the goals from Fratton Park on New Year's Day. Your commentators on Charlton TV were Terry Smith and Still Greg Stubb. here at Fratton Park. Dobson wins the ball back for Charlton. Raksaki down the line, inside to Lieburn, out to the right to Raksaki. Independence here, Raksaki still, can he finish? He can! Lovely finish, Jasmine Raksaki! And after 22 minutes, Charlton have the lead. Well, that's just greed. That's just greed, Greg Stubbley. He's only been on comms for about 20 seconds, and he's got a goal already, the first one of 2023. And it was won by Dobson in the midfield area. Ball forward to Lieburn, who spotted Raksaki to his right-hand side. Lovely way to pass to pick out Raksaki and he just had to adjust his body slightly, I think, to, to make sure he got it onto his right foot. He was out onto, onto his left foot, rather cut inside. And lovely curled shot past Griffiths to give Charlton the lead. by Curtis. Swings it in towards the far post. Raggett gets something on it. Ball comes down. It's a shot and it's an equaliser. Charlton again conceding from a set piece. All their hard work in the first half. Been undone. Ogilvy it was. Stretching his right foot to convert. Just before half-time, Portsmouth have an equaliser. Yeah, we don't. We deal with the first one. Ball dropped to Ogilvy. Very kindly, you have to say, but nobody near him, and nobody close enough at least. And he just looped the ball over Maynard Brewer. 30 seconds left of added time. Charlton succumb. It's a poor ball for Racket as Morgan picks it up towards Fraser can drive the ball forward for Chong. Still with it, Scott Fraser being forced out wide. Fraser still. Fraser! Oh, what a, oh, what a goal! What a run from Scott Fraser! Untouched, he kept running and running and with his left foot finds the far corner and Chong retake the lead. Well, I said we wanted to play exactly as we were playing in the first half. We needed a reaction to go and a goal behind. My word, what a reaction that is. Fraser picking the ball up in midfield. Again, no sloppy pass from Portsmouth allowed us to regain possession. The ball into Fraser, and he just went on a mazy run through. Saw his opportunity, he just kept going. And a left foot strike beyond the keeper was pinpoint. And Portsmouth will have it with morale down the line to 
Hackett with the cross towards the near post, and Ness has to be alert to clear it away. It's an awkward bouncing ball that Packett, that Pack doesn't look comfortable with. Morgan touches oh, it past him. He's Pack had the booking already. Down. He's off. And this could be another red card for Marlon Pack against Joel, and then it is. Would you believe it? He was sent off in the valley earlier this season. And now Marlon Pack will receive his marching orders again. Two yellow cards. Portsmouth one, Chelsea two. Taylor heads it away and he's found Stockley. Goes for the return, Blackett Taylor. On the left-hand side. Running into the Portsmouth corner. Up against Mingy. Lovely ball into the box. Finds Payne. Payne. Reverse little ball back. Can he finish? Dobson does yes! it. It's an own goal. Off of Dale. Dobson with the shot. Saved by the keeper. And it comes back off the keeper. Hits Dale, who could do nothing about it. And the Alex are now 3 1 up. And surely, surely, they've put this game to bed. Well, that seals it, Tell. A scrappy way to do it, but Charl won't care. Really intelligent. Again, it's Lucas Ness. How many times has he cleared the ball for Charlton today? Little header from Black and Taylor. Stockley gives it back to Black and Taylor, who does exactly the right thing. He carries the ball. Portsmouth don't get enough bodies back. And there's a lovely little ball inside to Payne. He has the awareness that Dobson's behind him. He should score, but he won't care because the deflection comes back off Dale. And it goes in and gives Charlton surely... All three points. Perfect way to start the new year. There we go. Lovely stuff. So, Jez put us 1-0 uh, up inside the first half. Uh, Ogilvy got one back for Portsmouth on a stroke of half-time, which was frustrating because we'd been really good in that first half. But, you know, superb goal at the start of the second period from Fraser. And then uh, all finished off with uh, Owen Dale's own goal. Uh, after Marlon Pack had been sent off for the second time this season against us, which was a bit weird. But no, I mean, performances like that, Nathan, are so frustrating because, again, it's the same as the as the Brighton performance where we defended really well. Um, you know, we gave up a few chances at Portsmouth, but not too many. I think um, Ash made a couple of decent saves, but we had we had chances to go further ahead uh, in the first half, and, and and we were dominant throughout. Really, I think it's fair to say. So. You, you sort of uh, you, you couple the the feeling of being pleased that we played that well with the slight frustration, and and when I say slight, I mean massive frustration that we don't do that every week. Like we are so inconsistent. In fact, we're not inconsistent. We 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 tend to be consistently bad, and then every now and then we pop up with a nice little performance like that. That's that's what I can't get my head around with this Charlton side this season. Yeah, there's been a couple of like you say, there's been a couple of performances. Plymouth sticks out, and obviously Pompey and. You know, even the Brighton game, I know we didn't have a lot of the ball, but just the the concentration levels, um, like you say, it's just, it's so frustrating because you know on their day what the team can do if everyone's sort of a 7 or 8 out of 10, you know, and it all clicks together. So for me, it just backs up the point that it's more, it's all mentality. It's all in our heads, really, because as you say, that when Ogilvy scored at half-time, if that was mid-second half, they would have won, Portsmouth would have won that game. I would have no doubt about it because we just crumble usually when you know if we go one nil down or two one down we crumble and then the game gets away from us. Um, so for me, it's it's a mentality thing. I don't how you rectify it. You know, you can say it's confidence, but how do you then just pull out a, a result like you did against Portsmouth? Because I wasn't expecting anything after watching what what was served up against Oxford. Put it that way. But yeah, it's it's so frustrating because you know they can do it. Um, but too many times this season, we've had players that have been, you know, who have performed un- under their standard or standard that they've set themselves. And you can't win a lot of games when you've got one or two having good games, in, i.e., George Dobson. 
you know, and Fraser. You know, they can't do it all on their own. So it's it's a mentality thing. It must be. Mm, yeah, it's so it's so confusing. I'm glad you mentioned Fraser. Actually, as Tom said. I like Scott Fraser, but I think I think he was he found another level on Saturday where he's playing higher up the pitch. You know his his goals and assists return wasn't it hasn't been outstanding this season. It's been okay, but I feel like we can get more from the sort of player he is. Um, he's had he's had bigger seasons with Milton Keynes, for example, uh, but he got that goal on um, on Saturday, and I thought he was excellent. And uh, yeah, hoping for more of the same. Dean Holden, as we'll hear in this interview right now, talks about playing him slightly higher up the pitch. So the new Alex boss. Uh, second or third time I got to speak to him after a game. Second time it was. And uh, this is uh, what he made of the... Um, no, it was the third time because he was the boss against Peterborough. This is what he made of the win uh, down at Portsmouth. It was needed, Louis. It really was. The, the players were made well aware of that going into this game. We've given them a lot of information. In the last couple of days, we've not really been able to train, but you know, we've given them a lot and they've took it on board. But without the ball, we, we were excellent in terms of our distances. We were compact. We regained the ball in the first half. Double figures, I would say. And uh, obviously scored a brilliant goal through Jazrak Saki. That's as good a goal as you'll see. And Scotty Fraser, to be fair, two brilliant goals. I could see to concede when we did was really disappointing. Always on the stroke of half time, you know this place would have probably turned a little bit in terms of the support, and we gave them a lift. But at the set of the players, at the same time, it probably allowed us to reset as well. And it was a thoroughly dominant performance as well. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, and, and there was different things in the game. First of all, we had to come out and we had to really scrap and fight early in the game that's what you have to do in every game you have to earn the right again the players did that and then that allowed us then to, to play our game we passed the ball so much better today and as, as poor as we've been without the ball in the last few games or certainly Oxford in that first half we've, we've not been great with the ball either so we needed to show, show some belief and get back to being the team that we can be so I thought we had real control uh, with the ball at our feet we had a threat obviously on the wide areas and uh, again Scotty Fraser scores a second now his free kick's not gone enough to keep I'm not so sure and then we get a bit, maybe a bit of a lucky third. But is it lucky? Well, George Dobson times his, his run to perfection. And again, it's the way it goes in is a little bit lucky. But and then we manage to see the game out. So it gives everybody real confidence, belief, and a real bit of momentum with our supporters. They, they needed to see that, you know, irrespective of the result. We, you know, the results most important at the moment in terms of where we are in the league. But the, the fans driving down here today needed to see that type of performance. And. Uh, yeah, great moment at the end when we could all get together and celebrate it. Yeah, and then you made seven changes from the game against Oxford. Obviously, the side needed a shake-up, but the players that were brought in gave you the reaction you were hoping for. Yeah, and I don't want to be doing that every game. Of course, a couple of them were forced in terms of two games in just over a couple of days, really. So not much recovery. Um, but it's not something I want to be doing game to game, really. But it was needed. And uh, you're right, the players, we got a real reaction from them. I thought Scott was really good today. Scott Fraser obviously got his goal and um, unlucky with the free kick, as you said. Um, he has probably been one of the better players this season, but in, ter- in terms of just getting those goals and assists at, at the end there, it's probably the, the one thing that he's been missing over the last few weeks, so he'll be really pleased with how that's worked out. Yeah, we played him a little bit higher today, just purely based on that. I've, I've watched him in his, some previous clubs, and uh, one season in particular, his numbers are really high in terms of goals and assists, so that's the, that's the quality that he's got. Um, and I was really pleased with him today. Obviously, he sat the game out the other night, and he came back in and really showed what a good player he can be. How important is it that they do take this momentum now? Obviously, Charlton had a a little spell of free wins earlier on in the season before going back onto this poor run. It's important now that they try and keep this running and keep that space below the uh, the bottom. Yeah, four. it's massive. That's all it is. It's three points. We have to use it. We have to we have to show when we go to the valley next week that, again what it what it means to play at home in front of our supporters. But but it, it does generate some confidence. There's no doubt about that, and a little bit of belief. And we have to make sure that we use that to our advantage. It's a ridiculous record that Charlton here at Fratton, have at Fratton Park, and I think it's one that reporters find more interesting than managers because it probably does mean nothing. But is there an extra edge when you come to a ground that you know Charlton win at so often, seven seven times in a row now? 
you know, you know what? Probably more for the, probably more for the supporters. They're coming down here. Even you know, don't get me wrong. There's probably quite a few of them coming down here thinking, what we're going to see today on the back of the first half at Oxford. That's just that's just normal as a fan. But there'll be, there will be plenty of talk subconsciously around where we've got a great record here. And yeah, belief. You believe, you get what you believe. It's as simple as that. If you believe you're going to go and achieve something, there's more often than not you're going to do it. And that's a big part of it. That's a big part of it is the belief and giving the players belief. We've shown the time this season it can be a really good team, but we've not seen it enough. So now the challenge is to go and take it into the next one. House Chokes, who was due to be on the bench and, and then uh, he pulled up, uh, you said he had a shot and, and tweaked something? Or? He just felt something. I don't, I don't know what particular time. I, was, I just got told by the physio literally five minutes before the end of the warm-up that we needed to make a change. So Daniel Carney was prepped and ready. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but he felt something. No, no dramas. We'll, we need to get to the bottom of it, no doubt about that, but we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Is he going to have to be sent for a scan or a test or something? Well, I've, well I've, I've not even spoke to the physio on that at all, really. As I say, right before the end of the warm-up, so my focus is then on the game, and and then straight after the game, I'm, I'm out speaking to you guys. So I'll, I'll, go, and, I'll go and speak to uh, Coe, the physio, and see what we need to do. There we go. That's the uh, the manager there. Um, yeah, a bit... Straight talking, no nonsense. Northerner, proper proper accent straight out of uh, Coronation Street, Tom, as well. So, I mean, what, what have you made of him as a manager over the opening the opening couple of weeks? Yeah, uh, from what I've heard, I like it. Um, you know, I made no secret of the fact I was disappointed Garner left and, and I felt like he needed more time to do what he was trying to do. But Holden came in and, and as I said, I, I didn't know a huge amount about him as a manager, but in the time that he's he has been here and, and from what I've heard him say, he knows what he wants from this side. He knows what the side are capable of. And yeah, as I say, he's already started to implement a slightly different style of play with that that more direct, particularly, as I say, in that Peterborough game, sort of going for balls over the top into the corners, which is something that we'd been exposed to and, and conceded goals from in, in Ghana's era. So yeah, very early days, but it's encouraging. Um, and, and as I say, he has probably had his first full week with the side this week. So it'll be interesting over the next couple of weeks to see exactly what that style looks like, who his kind of favoured players are. We obviously know the the news about Jaden Stockley uh, losing the captaincy and Dobson taking it. And as I say, Miles coming back now and, and hopefully playing a few games. So we're going to start to see exactly what his side looks like. And if he can bring in a couple in January as well, then obviously that bodes well. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's very early days, but from what I have heard, I, I think it's um, it's a, a good appointment, hopefully, uh, and one that can steer us away from, from the bottom half of the league. Mm, well, we will see. Well, as mentioned there by uh, Tom, Jaden Stockley stripped of the captaincy by Dean Holden, one of the first decisions he made uh, since coming in as Addict's boss. He's given that, of course, to George Dobson, a very popular choice uh, amongst the supporters since we published that news in between Christmas and New Year. We uh, spoke to uh, George after the game uh, down at Pompey as well, and the new club captain admitted it was a result that the side very much needed. Yeah, definitely. We, um, I thought to a man, we were outstanding today. Uh, obviously, after the game the other day, which was which was such a disappointment um, to come to a like, a, a full Fratton Park and put in a performance like that, I think is is something that the whole club the whole club needed. Um, but we've just got to make sure that we now build on it. Obviously, it, it's a great performance and a great result. But if you don't back it up and start doing it consistently, is it um, puts it all a bit into like a, a perspective where. Uh, it doesn't matter. So now we've, uh, we're we're going to stay grounded and make sure that, that that this becomes a more of a regular thing. 
and uh, as you said, we needed a performance. We got it. Uh, how important is that? Not just for the squad as well, as well as the crowd, as well as the club, for the squad itself to, to put in a performance like that and get the victory. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, a lot of players have been used over the last three games. Obviously, the gaffer's just come in and, and he's, he's obviously trying to implement his ideas and hasn't had much time to do it. So uh, it, it's, it's been tough, tough for everyone, obviously, changing changing manager and then you, you, you're getting used to the ideas, as I said. But I thought we, we, we set out our game plan and executed it perfectly. And uh, we basically did what... Oxford done to us the other night really and, and that's what we were saying in our in our pre-match um, in, in our pre-match talk so nah, uh, brilliant performance and um, I'm proud of all the boys um, the support was excellent today behind the goal, like, really spurred us on and stayed with us, obviously it's been, it's been such a tough period for everyone at the club and obviously the supporters um, could have easily not stuck with us today so nah, uh, as a club we're thankful for that as players um, and yeah, we're delighted to send them home, home happy. The Portsmouth in a similar uh, vein of form as us uh, in the last few games. Uh, important to get off to a, a quick start. We did that with a goal from uh, Jezrak Saki. Had to concede just before half time, so we needed to pick it up again. What was it in half time to, uh, to, to get back on track? Yeah, to be fair, we, um, at half time we were saying that after such a dominant first half performance, we've just got to make sure that. We don't let our heads drop and let this affect us because probably in the past we've been guilty of um, when things go against us, like a, a sloppy goal like that, we maybe then concede a second or, or um, it affects our second half performance. But I thought we'd come out and started the same as we did in the first half and, and that's the mentality we've got to have as a squad going forward. Um, and yeah, that starts today. You mentioned the new gaffer coming in, uh, made some changes, one of which is uh, making you the captain. Captain's performance today almost capped off with a captain's goal. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great one too, off the uh, goalie onto the uh, their player. Yeah, see what I was doing. Um, but, nah, legs went like jelly, to be honest, um, at the end. But, nah, just delighted to see it go in. And, yeah, the relief for everyone was, was, was massive. So, yeah, it's a great building block, great way to start the new year. Um, and, yeah, long may it continue. And how do you feel taking the captain's armband? A huge honour, of course, but uh, yeah. you seem to be revelling in the role. Yeah, nice nah, it's, it's the greatest honour I've... I've had in my career so far and um, when the gaffer asked me to do it I was honestly yeah really privileged and delighted to do it and yeah as as I've always done for for the club so far I'll give everything and every performance um, and I think that I think that shows when out when I'm out on the pitch I just um, give everything for the club and I'll continue to do that. As you say, great win today, but we've got to back it up. We've got two two home games and a, a small matter of a, a cup tie against yeah. Manchester United in between. Yeah, obviously, all, all focus on Lincoln. The, the United game is obviously going to be a, a wonderful game for everyone at the club. But, uh, no, for, we've got to make sure that we back it up with Lincoln and, and Barnsley, the two, two league games at home, and we've got to start turning Valley into a fortress again. So, um, yeah, obviously performances like that will help, and it will obviously help bring more fans along so yeah we've got to continually do that um, in a consistent manner Charlton's record here at Fratton Park is like remarkable we've won 10 out of 11 here as players are you aware of those sort of stats when you come into games like this yeah to be fair someone said earlier I think what is it with uh, oh, some, yeah one seven in a row seven yeah, in a row seven seven in ten in out of eleven yeah ten out of eleven yeah, <laughs> two friendlies in that time as well <laughs> especially coming to like obviously a full Fratton Park it's such a brilliant place to play football it's obviously such a hard place to come um, normally so no that record is 
it is brilliant and yeah I'd, for some reason Charlton at Fratton Park just seems to work can, can we sort of use the Fratton Park crowd to our <coughs> advantage because I mean we've seen it at the Valley time enough that if, if the home fans can turn it can make it a bit difficult is that sort of the sort of thing you set out to aim for today yeah of course obviously they're, they're, they've been on a tough run as late and their results here haven't been brilliant so we knew if we could get a first goal and frustrate the crowd and frustrate them um, it would help us obviously conceding so late on before half time was obviously disappointing Um, but I think it was the reality check we needed that um, despite being in so much control that that they they've still got the quality to get back in the game and yeah I thought we come out second half and were brilliant again and uh, to a man it was genuinely an outstanding performance there we go Nathan just briefly I was was you know, disappointed for Jaden, um, but he hasn't had the best of seasons, if we're being honest. But I'm buzzing for George because I think he is a he has been a captain in waiting since since arriving at the club, really. Yeah, I think I mean, yeah, disappointed in Jaden's perspective. I wasn't really disappointed um, personally in a selfish way. I think as a captain, a captain will be your first name on a team sheet, and as you rightly say, Jaden's not been informed. Um, and in my opinion, wouldn't be the first name on the team sheet. So um, for me, it's a good decision. I think George encapsulates everything that every Charlton fan wants to see, leave everything on the pitch. You know, he, if you he lifts the crowd, he lifts the players. And, you know, the younger players look at him and go, right, that's what, that's the level, that's the work rate I need to get to to get in this team. And and I and I think that's great. And I mean, there was Jaden did annoy me a little bit sometimes because maybe it's frustration of his form and whatnot, but I always see him moaning at people, you know, and, you know, maybe that works for some people. But for me, I think a captain should be, uh, you know, encouraging but at the same time you know give a bit of stick when it's due but it just seemed like every game and I think because he's out of form he was probably and he wasn't getting everything his own way because he hasn't been scoring he's con- constantly moaning but um, you know I'm not saying that Jaden's a bad player overnight he's not it's not been his season by any stretch but I, I'm happy with the decision and I think most of Charlton fans are to be honest to be player of the year you know he's going to be probably player of the year this year as well I think it speaks volumes Hmm, maybe, maybe. Right, let's have a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to hear from Lois Roach and from Conor Grandles. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joe. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! 
dreamland! Charlton have scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here! Here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. We're going to start to turn our attention to the win. Uh, to, well, hopefully the win. The game with Lincoln uh, coming up on Saturday shortly. We just had an email coming actually from McSquared about that win at Portsmouth. Uh, so we fully deserved that win at Fratton Park, although it wasn't that surprising given Pompey's equally poor form, our fantastic record at Fratton Park, and the fact we had our best attacking starting lineup on the day. Furthermore, uh, we finally came up against a defence as leaky as ours. The win gives us hope, of course, but it'll mean nothing unless we uh, make some decent signings in the transfer window. We always knew that Lebo and Raksaki and Blackett Taylor were a force to be reckoned with as an attacking unit. Our defence, however, uh, needs some uh, emergency uh, treatment. Stevie says, I, I hope uh, that everything with the ownership is sorted out as early as possible this month as we want to be shopping in Tesco and not in Iceland uh, when it comes to the transfer window. Uh, Noddy says, I think we'll be shopping at our usual place, the bargain uh, basement. Well, as I said, yeah, still a lot of uh, uncertainty about what's going on with the club. And, well, I- I'll believe it when I see it in terms of signings coming in. But, you know, people trying to make noises that there will be. Right, um, Lois Roach. Uh, the midfielder for the women's team. She's just signed a new one-year deal uh, for the club and it's come off the back of a long-term injury as well. So she's delighted uh, to be putting pen to paper. She spoke to the club earlier on uh, to express that delight and this is what she had to say. I'm really happy and grateful to be signing a new deal with the club, obviously coming off the back of a long-term injury. I kind of see it as a positive as well, like it was a good challenge for me, it gave me a reset, it gave me things to work on like off the pitch and on the pitch Um, and yeah it's been a good challenge and I feel like it's gone touchwood relatively quite smooth and um, I feel better, stronger, fitter from it so yeah I'm just ready to go now. I think the young players bring things, the older players bring things but I think to help with game management Encouraging the younger players, you know, it's not the end of the world if you misplace a pass or you have a bad game. And trying to keep standards, intensity in training where if you're not in the team or, you know, you've had an injury or whatever, where I've been through things now, been in the game a long time, like you said, just just helping people and we're together as a team and that's what's going to come in to play like near the back end of the season. There you go, thanks to Lois, uh, the women playing at home to Milton Keynes in the FA Cup on Sunday. So you could do a cup double sort of uh, over those uh, those few those few days. FA Cup uh, for the women's team on Sunday and then the EFL Cup for the men's team on Tuesday if you really want to make a long weekend of it. Now a man who will be hoping uh, to be involved sooner rather than later but has been out for, I think it was nine weeks uh, we've been saying. Now Conor McGrounds was a midfielder obviously signed from Saturday's opponents uh, in Lincoln. Uh, he played an hour in today's under-21s win over Hull, so he spoke to Terry after the game uh, exclusively for Charlton Live uh, to say how pleased he was to be get, uh, getting back out there and in, in and amongst the action. Yeah, it was well needed, to be fair. Um, obviously, even before I was injured, I didn't have much game time because I've had like, a pretty stop-start um, start to here, so just like getting these minutes is massive because even in the game, I still felt like a wee bit rusty with certain things and... Uh, you know that these kind of games are perfect to get get yourself sharp and get yourself fit. I mean, you must feel like you've run over several black cats uh, so far since your time at Charlton because of the injuries. Uh, how does it feel now? Are you uh, are you feeling strong? Yeah, feeling brilliant. I think the physios and sports scientists have been amazing with me. They've kind of highlighted the areas that I need to improve, and we've used that as a 
like me being injured there's a kind of opportunity to get better get like kind of a little bit bigger but more muscle on me and everything so even with being injured it's, it's been a great opportunity to improve certain things um, so that's the way I've tried to look at it instead of being negative it's been try to be positive and see um, the good things in it but hopefully that's me that's me back now no more injuries and you know I can kick on and show everyone what I can do I mean are you targeting a time scale for, for actual looking back into the first team squad or are you taking it to minute by minute just yeah, minute by minute. Obviously, it's um, I, I, if it was up to me, I would be, I would be um, backing it straight away. But there is stuff you need to do, and as I said, even in this game today, there's still a bit of rustiness that you need to kind of train yourself out of and get these games, uh, get these minutes in you to get it out of you. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm available for for selection, uh, obviously, because uh, I've missed too much football. I mean, Charlton fans looking in and they're looking at the January transfer window with uh, with your limited appearance because of injuries. It would be almost like uh, you're a new signing for us. Well, hopefully, um, as I said at the start, I've I've not been able to show anyone really what I've, I've properly able to, able to do. Came in injured and then got, you know cast broke my hand. Then uh, th- then this, so I've I've really not you know yeah been able to show anyone really what I'm capable of. So hopefully now. Um, new manager, new start. Everything I can, I can kick on, and, and everyone can see see the best of me. And in a perfect world, as a former Lincoln man, you might be able to figure even on Saturday. That'd be nice. Yeah, I know it'd be it'd be kind of kind of a weird one, um, but yeah, it'd be great if I, if I was selected. You know, so I'm I'm looking forward to, to seeing some old faces, and uh, if I can get on the pitch, that'd be amazing. And regardless of whether you appear or not, does the manager picture brains about Lincoln and what we can expect? Not yet. Um, obviously, with today's game, I think uh, if I if I go back, in, he might ask me a few questions. Um, uh, about them, but, but we'll see. There we go. Good to hear from Connor. He hasn't given anything away on Lincoln to the uh, the new gaffer just yet. But I mean, if ever a player needs a uh, needs a reaction when he comes back into the squad, I guess Connor's one. I, the argument we got from Ben Garner was that we haven't seen him fully fit, which is is I, I guess what we're all hoping for because we haven't seen absolutely anything from from uh, from him just yet, Nathan. No, we haven't. Um, it's, it's a shame because when he. When he signed I was actually quite happy with it I think there was a couple of games I remember the Lincoln game at home uh, when Bozer's here was he was he a Lincoln or was it Donny at that point well I don't know either way he run the game at our place and um, he's always been milling around and he's been a decent ball player but then he's never I remember that game against Derby uh, right at the beginning of the season didn't look fit um, and then yeah he's just had a really bad time in terms of in terms of his chunk career so far so yeah obviously everyone wants him fit no one wants him to be injured or you know likes players when they're injured because they like to see people play and he is a ball player um i think last season he was up there with dobbo in terms of most interceptions and probably passes made um but yeah he just needs to get he just needs to he had, a, he had some minutes today didn't he so he just needs to get back on the bandwagon get some minutes under his belt and try and have a strong end to the season and try and contribute in some way because if you don't then you're going to get replaced that's the way of football but um yeah I, I, you know i don't mind him as a player from what i've seen him but i've only seen him a handful of times from when you know opposition teams Mm, yeah, and we certainly haven't seen enough from him uh, in the Charlton shirt, but maybe, who knows, if he does come back fighting fit, then maybe he'll be able to find another level because uh, he's yet to do so so far. Right, here's one of his former clubs, Lincoln, uh, who come to the Valley on Saturday. They sit a point and a place above us in the league table. We're 17th in, on 28 points, uh, six points clear of the relegation zone now after that win at Portsmouth. Lincoln are in 15th, um, 29 points. So, yeah... Uh, just one point above us, two places above us in, in the end. Um, yeah, it was a, a dreadful nil-nil draw with them earlier on in the season. 
up at their place. Uh, generally, actually, I, th- th- I know they're not as bad as they played that day, but I thought we were poor that day, and I thought Lincoln were bizarrely awful, uh, considering we've seen them play better than that. I imagine they'll they'll offer a bit of a tougher proposition this uh, this Saturday. But looking at us, Tom, you know, we, we absolutely have to cling on to that momentum now. Lincoln themselves are, are winless in, in, in League One for a little while now. If you're looking back, I mean, they've, they've won a couple of cup games recently and, and picked up points, but actually they're winless in their last five uh, in League One. Uh, so we absolutely have to try and take advantage of that and, and like I say, build on that on that smidgen of momentum we would have picked up down at Fratton Park. Yeah, totally. And I think we've shown ourselves, haven't we, that cup form doesn't necessarily translate into the league. So you're right, their league form is poor um, and ours isn't a lot better. So yeah, I expect it'll be a, a brilliant game of football between two uh, stunning sides. But you're right, we have to build on that momentum. We have to go with a strong side. Hopefully everybody's come through this week um, off the back of last weekend's game and yeah I wouldn't expect any changes hopefully unless they're forced um, and yeah we've got to try and we've got to try and hit them quickly we've got to try and you know we got that earliest goal at Portsmouth um, yes we were pegged back but we got on the front foot and we got we got ahead and if we can try and do that again then uh, that's probably going to give us half a chance so what I don't want to see, you know, you don't want to slip back into the, the performance against Oxford. You don't want players kind of protecting themselves for Man United on, on Tuesday. Um, and, you know, that game I'm sure is going to be at the back of some people's minds. But when they go out there on Saturday, you need them giving 100%, a bit like Naif said about, you know, what we get from Dobbo. Um, and if he can get all those around him doing the same, goes back to what I said right at the start of the show. The big issue for me this this side this year has been attitude and desire it hasn't been the ball playing ability um and so if we can get that then then yeah they're a side in equal form ish and about the same place in the table so there's no reason we can't can't get a win um leapfrog them and and as i say put the relegation side a little bit further away from us yeah tom mentioned it there knife you know i mean we, we, we've spoken about the, the man united game before this one on this pod um it's obviously playing at the back of all of our minds but i mean dean's got to find a way to Drum it into the into the lads that they cannot they cannot be playing with one eye on that trip to Old Trafford. You know, if there's a if we're winning one 0 and someone's going through on goal last minute and you need to wipe them out and take the red card, you got to do it for the team. So, uh, how how does he make sure they aren't they aren't you know they are focused on Lincoln and, and, and not keeping uh, keeping their minds uh, up in the in the northwest instead? It's another game. Literally, you treat it as every game. You've got to deal with this game first and. As as any game, you know, if, if if we didn't have Man United on the Tuesday, if someone had a poor game on Saturday, they'd expect not to be playing the next one. So and that's the way you you know. But then also you can flip it around and go, well, you know, you've got you're the starting eleven today, lads. If you if you want to be in that eleven on Tuesday, you show me how much you want it. You show how much you want to be in that team by winning this game. Say that to the subs or the finishers, whatever you want to call them. And say the same, if you want to be in that 11 against Man United at Old Trafford, show me what you can do. Show Get get the three points today, let's have a good good win, good clean sheet, and then make make it difficult for me. That's what that's all he's got to say, because if if you're a player, you're going to give it 150%. If I'm a player, I'm not going to sit there and bottle out of any challenge, because then I'll be look, thinking, it go, oh, someone else might do that, and he'll be in there instead of me. So that's the way I think I would play it, but... Um, no doubt Dean will just say, you know, you deal with today. Like he's said in most of his interviews so far, you'd be the best you can be in today. And then you take care of tomorrow, tomorrow, if that makes sense. Hmm. Well, let's see if we can take care of tomorrow 
Uh, well, the day after tomorrow when we play Lincoln at the Valley. Right, we've run out of time on our first show of 2023. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for uh, joining me, Tom and Nath, as well. Happy New Year once more to you two. Cheers, lads. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. See you boys in Manny. Yeah. Keep your focus on the Lincoln game, Nath, as we just discussed. But yeah, no. Don't worry. There'll be beers flowing on Saturday. Don't worry. Excellent stuff. Lawnmowers are plenty as well. Right, I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening uh, to this week's Big Match Preview. We shall see you again on Sunday. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.